what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We have another really fun topic today. So we're going to talk about conscious co-creation. Conscious co-creation. This might not be something that you just, you know, walk the streets and talk about with your friends. (laughs) But when you hear how this is very productive to your well-being and to you actually stepping into the fullness of what's promised you, it might be something that you really start to lean into and understand and at least can talk to yourself about, okay? So what does it actually mean to co-create? Let's just start really, really simple, okay? It means to create something by working with one or more others, okay? So it is a word. Co-creation is engaging in an intentional relationship in order to make something together, okay? Co-creating is usually making something from nothing, Okay, using the dynamics of a relationship to build it, right? It's usually using intangibles, things that we can't physically touch and see, right? But the intangible, as you probably are very much aware, is very real, right? Your thoughts feel real when you think them. Your feelings almost feel like facts a lot of the time right? And whatever is going on inside of you is your reality, right? So that is very real, although you can't see it, right? You can't see your thought necessarily. You can with your imagination, however. You can't always see your feeling, right? You can't always see what's going on in your heart, but you can feel it. You can perceive it. That's intangible, right? So co-creating is very powerful, okay? So you really can develop this relationship of co-creating with God. You partner together to align with God and what his purpose and plans are for you and those that you're connected to. What is the difference you can make when partnered with God? What is God doing? How is he moving? And how do you align with him in that? And co-create, be a partner in producing Something out of nothing. You can do that. That's supernatural, right? With God, all things are possible. So in your own world, you can co-create with God to create outcomes that you don't currently see. Okay? So, so powerful. It's very important that you you recognize that it's not just something that's that's out there, not possible. It's something that's very real, right? We are created. We are humans created by God to be co-creators with him. In other words, we've purposely been brought into being, right? And so we can experience greater levels of of freedom and impact 
as we participate with God in fulfilling his purposes, okay? So we can really elevate ourselves to a different level, meaning we can release heaven on earth. We can bring heaven's reality to earth. We can't do that apart from God, but when we partner and co-create with God, we absolutely can, okay? Co-create. Super, super powerful in the most basic form to create something by working with one or more others. To create with God is co-creating, okay? And God is the creator, which means you are creative just literally in your nature. So if anybody has ever told you that I'm not creative or that you're not creative, it's a lie. You are. (laughs) Just simply by being a son or a daughter of God, a child of God, okay? But also hear this part, co-creation is engaging in an intentional relationship in order to make something together, okay? It's an intentional relationship. This is not religion. This is not a formula. It's intentional relationship, right? You are deceived if you can think you can build a relationship by not investing in it, (laughs) by not partnering with the other person, right? You absolutely have to, to bring your relationship To cause that ship to sail somewhere, you have to contribute. You have to bring something to it, okay? Now, when you think about just being conscious, (laughs) let's break down that word too, just to make it simple and make it practical, okay? So think about this. If you're saying conscious, right, it's it's really the the self-awareness, right? It's it's being self-aware of and responding to your surroundings. You're awake, right? When you're asleep, you're not really aware of what's going on in the environment around you. You're asleep, right? There can be many things that that are happening around you, but you're not awake. You're not aware of them, all right? It, It can mean to have knowledge of something or sometimes painfully aware and sensitive to something, okay? So in its simplest form, it is awareness, Okay, it's a quality or state of being where you're aware, especially of something within you. So with you're very much aware of all of the intangibles that are happening in your inner world. Okay, and your inner work is aligning that with God. So you could have a thought that's actually a lie. You could be partnering with a lie. How do you know? The area that you're thinking that lie about, if it's not glistening with hope, it's under the influence of a lie. (laughs) <laughs> right? Or you you can also tell by how you feel. Usually lies make you feel pretty bad. They make you feel really crummy. They make you feel low. They make you feel negative. They make you feel moody. Usually lies are doing that, right? When you are under the influence of truth, that's empowering. It's usually life-giving. There's a level of conviction and a knowing, right? That inspires you to take action and to actually move, right? Move forward by faith. So it's the quality or state of being aware of something within yourself, okay? Awareness specifically, you could be aware of things going on around you, but to really be conscious is to to be aware of your thoughts so that you can actually take them captive. It's allowing you to discern where somebody else is in their consciousness as well, right? Because love never gives more than one can bear, right? So if you have an awareness of, of the level somebody's at, you can meet them where they are. Yes, you can encourage them and inspire them, right? But you're not going to slam them with truth if they're not ready for it, right? So it can also be having your mental faculties or your spiritual capacity awaked. 
So awake, awaked, awake, <laughs> awakened. There we go. So it's not dulled by sleep or, or faintness or stupor, right? So when you hear in the word not to be drunk on wine, that's so that you can be alert, so that you can be diligent, so that you can be about his business in the world, right? Because when your senses are dulled, you can't perceive, right? And really experience and receive from God on the same level. You're asleep to promptings and different things that could be happening around you. You're not as sensitive. You're not as aware. You're not as present, okay? So an example of this, if you're under anesthesia, right, you're not awake. (laughs) You're out, right? So it's being fully awake. Now, how does the Bible describe consciousness, right? Ephesians 1.18 is a beautiful example. It says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart, right? So a lot of times we try to take head knowledge, right? And just apply that in our life. But God comes at us in the heart. So we need to often move truth from our head to our heart so that we can actually live it out. Hopefully you hear that, right? Relationship is not done in your head right? You could know all the things to do, but if you're not doing it moved by love in your heart, you're not going to get the same outcome, right? You can't think your way (laughs) into a different result, right? You actually have to, to feel your way into it and you have to behave your way into it, okay? It's not just your head, okay? And especially in relationships, it's very much your heart. So I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, is enlightenment, okay? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, holy Moses. Let me see, actually, uh, if I can pull this, because it's so good. (laughs) From the Passion Translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, darn it. There we go. Dun, dun, dun. Where are we here? Did it come up? Hold, please. (laughs) Doesn't seem to. Maybe it's not translated. I don't think that could be true, though. Open. Open. All right. Got it. So... This is Philippians, though, so that's not what I want. Ephesians 1, 18. Dun, dun, the Passion Translation. Okay, it's not coming there, but I can pull it from here. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of hope, of his calling. Oh my goodness, right? So, so powerful. So again, that is Ephesians 1.18, if you want to look it up on your own there. Now, when you hear enlighten, I also want to break this down for you too, just so that you get practically how this becomes real and personal to you. So enlighten is to give someone greater knowledge and understanding about a subject or situation. So for example, Jesus came to give us greater knowledge and understanding about the kingdom of God. Right? 
powerful, okay? But many of us, myself included, have lived our lives totally asleep and totally unaware of this, right? Which is shutting off our spiritual capacity and how we're actually designed to operate in this world. Mind-boggling, okay? Another definition is to shed light on. God's light illuminates any darkness in your life. That's a beautiful thing, right? It's to give someone spiritual knowledge or insight, okay? So to instruct, to give insight, to impart knowledge, okay? So when you, even when you get around different people that, that carry breakthrough, right? They can impart breakthrough. They can impart knowledge. They can impart wisdom, and encouragement into you. That's why it's so, so important who you're connected to, okay? So this topic, we did a lot there to prepare for this message today, but this topic of conscious co-creation, that's not some fancy word. That is very real and it's very practical. Now, how do we get there though? We get there by breaking it down piece by piece, right? Word by word, line by line, verse by verse, right? That's what it means in the word when it says to meditate on the word day and night. When you break down meditate, that means to think it over, to mull it over in your mind, to really process it with God so that you can understand what that means to you, okay? So, and you can see how I started doing it. It was very practical. Yes, it takes time. It takes intention, but when you get a word from God, when you get revelation, when he illuminates your darkness, what you've been asleep to in your soul, <laughs> when he wakes you up, you see, it's like seeing in black and white and suddenly seeing in color, right? That is worth every investment, every investment. But it comes, hope you didn't miss this part, it comes from pursuing intentional relationship. This is not just head knowledge. You gotta get the truth from your head, and into your heart, which means you have to make it real for you. And you can't do that without relationship with the Holy Spirit because it is Holy Spirit as you're reading the word or as you're listening to a podcast like right now or you're listening to a sermon, right? You are hearing the word of God, right? And the Holy Spirit will highlight different things to you, right? There could be hundreds of people hearing this episode and each one could hear something different. Powerful. So powerful, okay? And this is what makes life exciting. <laughs> this is what helps you live fully alive. It is the most beautiful thing. And you just realize that it's it's actually not fun to sleepwalk through your life. It is not at all. So what I really do when I'm working with folks is I teach them the power of self-coaching because that is so, so important. And these are just tools and strategies and equipping to help you literally move through any challenge in your life in any area of your life. Self-coaching helps you do that, right? So even partnering with a coach that can really empower you in that way, mind-boggling. So I teach you the power of self-coaching, but also how to unlock your spiritual capacity so you can actually not just talk about it, but actually transform your life where it needs transformation the most, everywhere. <laughs> and then what does that do? That increases your influence. That increases probably your income and also your impact. It allows you to actually rule and reign on earth in anything that you've been given rulership over, right? Whatever your sphere of influence is, it allows you to invade that environment with God's light, with his truth, right? And redeem it or bring restoration 
or release heaven into that space, right? So relationships change, job environments change, people change, right? What looks impossible to us is possible with God, right? So infusing your life with God's vibes is powerful. There's nothing like it, (laughs) okay? So how do you do that though? You get the truth of God's word, good news. Nothing in that word is going to hold you back. It's good news that allows you to operate in greater greater freedom and greater newness of life. So you get the truth of God's word through relationship from your head to your heart so that you can start living aligned, authentic, and fully alive. That, my friends, is why God's vibes matter, okay? And I call this conscious co-creation. Now, let me give you a comparison of what most of us do and how most of us live our life, okay? Subconscious programming. A lot of us live our lives (laughs) according to subconscious programming. And then what we want to do is we want to experience a better quality of life. We want major change, radical change in our relationship. We want to create an outcome that seems impossible, but our subconscious programming is holding us back. And that's often why you hear people going to therapy or why you hear a lot about trauma and I just don't understand and I'm really confused and I don't know how to get through this and I don't know how to make this change and it's... This, you know, maybe that's just for other people, but it's not for me, right? A lot of times, subconscious programming is habitual. It's how we learn to survive in situations that were hard, right? That we didn't have an understanding of how to navigate, of how to apply wisdom and knowledge. So we did our best with what we had. Okay, and often we can live in this subconscious programming until we have some sort of trigger or some sort of shift or some sort of spark that exposes us to something new and and creates cognitive dissonance in the sense of my reality doesn't look like what I'm experiencing or what I just experienced is challenging the truth of the way I thought life was supposed to be, right? That creates cognitive dissonance in your soul, right? What I thought was true is not true. What I thought this was is actually not what it is, right? That can be very, very jarring, right? So until we have an inciting incident, a trigger, a spark, something that shifts us and wakes us up, many of us do sleepwalk through life, which also means we sleep on God, we sleep on our destiny, we sleep on our legacy. And that can be very shocking when you start waking up, okay? But the beauty of it is, if you keep going on this journey, you increase your spiritual development, you increase your spiritual maturity, you increase your spiritual leadership and your capacity, which changes all of the tangibles that you actually want. That's why it's so important to seek the kingdom first and all the other things will be added unto you. We get that backwards a lot of the time. We want to just fix things and stay busy, but that still does not fix what's going on inside of you, okay? We need God for that, right? So subconscious programming could be things like what you've heard before, people pleasing. Oh, I learned how to please all these people around me because that kept positive attention on me. 
that kept praise being brought to me. That that made me feel significant. That made me feel useful. That made me feel special. That gave me an identity. So I started to people please, right? But then <laughs> often there comes a time where you wake up and now you're angry. Now you're frustrated. Now you're overwhelmed because you don't want to just please people and you start having one-sided relationships in your life. And you don't want to keep that pattern going because it's exhausting and you know you're worthy of and you deserve more. And then you humble yourself enough to realize that you create that change that you want. And it's not going to come from continuing the same insanity and practicing the same programming. You need to program yourself differently, right? That's often where coaching comes in. Okay, another example would be codependency, right? I learned how to really anticipate the needs of others and I depended on serving them, right? To the point where I lost my identity in that. I didn't know who I am, what I want, what I need, how to even articulate my needs, how to even feel what I'm feeling. I I don't even know how to do that because I was so consumed in taking care of other people and doing their work that I forgot about mine, right? Programming, you learn to do that to survive at one point in your life and then you practiced it and you just thought that that is life as you know it. That's just the way it's supposed to be. I'm just supposed to suck it up and handle it, right? How's that working out for you? Is that God's plan for you, right? Hard truths, but when you look at hard truths, you can, right, step into freedom. How do I know that? The truth will set you free. (laughs) Doesn't mean it doesn't feel painful or uncomfortable and just flips your world upside down. Not minimizing that, it does all of those things, but if you keep moving through it, you don't stay at that first phase of like shock, right? You keep moving into greater levels of freedom and joy, right? And enlightenment, which actually allows life to be really fun for you, okay? So subconscious programming, things like people-pleasing, codependency, right? Some, some poor ways of communicating and expressing yourself, which could be damaging to relationships, right? Some tendencies just to be to, to hold back your voice or to hold back your expression. An example of this, I know for me personally, I learned how to repress everything, right? Which was just teaching me your voice doesn't matter, so why even speak up? You're, you're not valuable, so don't, don't express yourself, right? Don't, don't try to go against the grain. Don't go against the norm. Just stay quiet. Just keep the status quo, keep good praise on you and good attention on you or no attention at all, right? Just don't be a problem, basically. So I learned how to repress things. I didn't learn how to understand what was happening on the inside of me or how to create. And I'm actually very creative, right? I didn't know how to use my voice in ways that really mattered or or how valuable that actually was, right? I didn't know all of that stuff. So the opposite of repressing, right? And repression is often anger turned inwards. Anger turned inwards. And when you repress anything that is storing up inside of you, it becomes a volcano, okay? That's going to come out of you and manifest in really unhealthy ways. Addictions, eating disorders, right? Cutting, depression, right? Anger and angst turn inwards. It causes you to implode, basically. You're storing up lies in yourself, right? 
It's it's hating yourself in, in a lot of ways, right? And that is not God's highest good for you or nor his plan for you, right? But we learned to survive those ways and we just kept stacking or compounding that programming. So the more you repeat something, right, the better you get at it. So sometimes we've really gotten good at limiting ourselves or believing the worst or living in insecurity and living in fear that that's our comfort zone and it can be painful. We can know that that's not what we want, but we know how to show up there because we practiced it over and over again. Okay, but we we can wake up, (laughs) doesn't have to happen this way, but we often, right, are so stubborn that we need something painful to happen, like a breakup, a divorce, a loss of some kind, uh, something that shocks us, right, and wakes us up. We need something to wake us up a lot of the time on the outside so that we'll start doing this inner work. But why I'm here is it to remind you really that it does not have to happen that way. And with God and wisdom, there's a lot of unnecessary suffering that we avoid. (laughs) We don't always have to go down these paths of destruction, okay? And it can be a very grace-filled life, all right? So hopefully that's making sense. Subconscious programming is programming that we're not aware of. We, We started behaving in some sort of way because we had thoughts and feelings that we didn't know how to manage. So we started behaving in ways that were counterproductive, okay? That protected us for a time, but weren't meant to be our lifestyle, okay? But if we practice it and we get the results that we want, we can think that it's actually working for us until it's not, okay? So subconscious programming. We can turn subconscious programming into conscious co-creation. That is how you practically walk out the newness of life that's promised to you. If you are truly a new creation in Christ, you can activate that character, those qualities every single day. And that keeps your old man dead. Okay? It's dead. (laughs) Right? You don't have to defend it. You don't have to make excuses for who you are. You just show up and you walk out this newness of life. But You can't do that apart from God, apart from whoever he sends to help you in your life, some coaching, some accountability, and by being really clear and aware of what you want to create, right? That comes from knowing your identity in Christ. That comes from knowing the power that you have inside of you and the character that you have inside of you, what what potential and DNA (laughs) that you have inside of you, how to practically activate it, and how to steward that and walk it out in the world wherever God has you by practically working out whatever you have in your hand, working out what's in you and using what's in your hand, okay? So you can consciously co-create your reality versus subconsciously living under old programming that absolutely does not serve you anymore. That is possible. But how do you move from one to the other? You have to create leverage. You have to create a vision, write the vision and make it plain, right? Because without vision, the people perish. What does that mean? You you grow in your subconscious programming. You grow in things that don't serve you. You're actually not growing at all. You're just getting better at things that are limiting you. That's dying, okay? But when you grow, you grow in your enlightenment. You grow in the truth. You grow in God's light. You grow in his expression through you, right? I was sharing with a client today that our competition, you might've heard it this way, 
that our competition is the the self that we were yesterday. You probably hear it like that all the time, but I think it's deeper than that. Our competition is how much of Christ we allow ourselves to express every day. Let me say it again. <laughs> Our competition is how much of God, how much of Jesus, how much of heaven we release, we express, we give through ourselves every day. All creation groans for the revealing of the sons of God. People are waiting for us to express God in the world. We need his nature. We need his truth. We need his good news now more than ever. We need his light. We need his love. But a lot of times people aren't experiencing God because we're not allowing God to flow through us. We're not getting out of the way. We're not activating the potential that he's given us to activate. All right? Big deal. How do we do it? We consciously co-create. We become very aware of that. So what I wanted to offer was just some ways that you can think about this because I know that I hadn't heard this presented to me. And when I got revelation from Holy Spirit, I was like, this is making sense. This is very practical. So I was meeting with a, a sweet dear friend yesterday <laughs> and just was telling her this revelation of how to consciously co-create, how to create outcomes, how to have a stronger relationship and connection with God. That was sort of the root of what drove us there, okay? And for me, it might not sound like it now, but I always think of this version of myself and how grateful I am that she got this knowledge, right? <laughs> and that's what really inspires me to give and serve in this way. But I, I didn't have a Bible. <laughs> I, you know, definitely didn't know how to read it. I didn't know I could have a relationship with God. I had no clue that I could hear from God personally and be led by him experientially or if that was even real or just what some people were just acting through, right? I didn't know if uh, my life would suddenly change, but I, I was hungry. I was desperate for it to change and I knew all of the things that I tried before right? So I was willing, I had enough leverage that I was willing to invest in finding out if any of that was possible for me. Okay. So in this process of just humbling myself, going to like a bookstore and actually buying a Bible and a devotional, setting up time to actually read it and see what happens, right? I was telling her, I'm like, I might fall asleep when I get up in these early hours, but I'm trying and God is going to see that. <laughs> And I'm going to trust that that counts, right? So giving myself grace without even knowing really what grace was and just hoping and expecting God to reveal his word to me or to teach me how to pray or to guide me in how to uh, apply the truth in my life. And what started happening was I started just making it very practical. I was getting practical things to do because that's what God knew I needed. I needed to take something that seemed complex and super weird <laughs> and make it simple and, and easy and practical for me to apply. Okay, so that started like, okay, well, I am somebody that has been a very anxious person. You know, I tried to show the world that I was not anxious and tried to practice being bold and courageous and, you know, that worked. But I don't want anxiousness in my soul. I actually want to know more about the opposite qualities like peace. Peace would be great, right? Or contentment. So I started literally looking up definitions of those words and then I would go on the Google because that's very spiritual 
and I would type in the word contentment scriptures. And then I would start reading everything that God says. I'm going to take God as his word. I'm going to read everything that God says about contentment. What does he say about contentment? Okay, so that means that even if I'm not feeling content, I can practice these, I can tell my mind these things, and I can, by faith, lean on these truths when I feel the opposite. Okay, or peace. What does God say about peace? What does he say about peace? Okay, so, and I start studying this and I start applying it to my life. And then what starts to happen is I was realizing that a different version of me was showing up. One that I was asleep to. I didn't know that I could be peaceful in this kind of situation. I don't know. I didn't know I could be content when this circumstance was freaking me out. <laughs> but that is, that is growing a spiritual muscle here. I'm, I'm maturing in my spiritual self. Okay. Now, other things that would happen. In doing something simple like that, I started reading about the fruits of the spirit. And I was like, wow, God actually wants to develop patience in me in this season. That's why I keep getting all of these weird, quote unquote, random, but not random circumstances and opportunities to choose patience when I definitely want to react in the opposite right now, right? I definitely want to do something that does not look like patience at all right now, but I'm being given all of these opportunities and it can seem really weird or annoying when you don't have that revelation. So when I started reading about the fruit of the spirit, I'm like, oh, like that's what's up. Like God is developing this in me right now. And I'm only going to develop it by practicing in moments where it would be easy not to. That's how you actually work a muscle. You, you, work it in resistance. You build in resistance. So when I meet resistance, God wants to develop his fruit in me. Which one is it? Okay. The not so favorite is long suffering. Okay. But if you know that you're in a season of God developing long suffering in you, you won't abandon the season. You'll grow. You'll trust. You'll lean on him one day at a time, one moment at a time, one step at a time. So I started learning about the fruit of the spirit. Then I started really leaning into the full armor of God. And this blew my mind. Talk about enlightenment. I was sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, it's like walking in the world naked your whole life and feeling vulnerable. Like you need to constantly protect and defend and like have all the plans to make sure you just survive in the world to suddenly knowing that you're, you're armored, right? You're like a warrior. You've got all of this armor on walking around the world, like you're powerful. Like it's a huge difference when you walk in the world thinking that you're completely defenseless and voiceless and powerless to suddenly being like you are actually a powerhouse. You've got the full armor of God on you, right? And you're the most powerful person in the room because of who you're connected to. What? Right? Like that started to blow my mind. So practically, if I have the breastplate of righteousness on, I don't need to prove anything. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need other people to understand me. I don't need to give any explanations. I don't need to make any sort of excuse for myself. I've got the breastplate of righteousness on. I'm good. I'm already approved, right? And I can walk like it and talk like it, right? Or I can walk around with my shoes of peace, meaning I don't need to take the bait of the enemy, whatever he's trying to throw at me. I don't have to step into anything that is going to take my peace or steal my energy. I don't need to do it. I don't have to step into it. I don't have to fix anything for anybody else, right? 
If, if I don't feel peace when I step into an environment, that, that gives me insight of if I'm supposed to intercede or if I'm supposed to pray into that or release something into that environment or if I'm not even supposed to continue into that space, right? So think about it. If you step into, let's say, like a first impression with somebody or first meeting with somebody, that can give you a lot of insight of, nope, this, this person isn't good for you. You can tell if the peace moves, right? Like there's there's a scripture, I'm missing the address of it right now, when it talks about basically going into the world and sharing the good news with people, if you you sense the peace lift in the homes that you go into, leave and keep it moving because not everyone is going to receive you and when you know that it's wisdom, right? Or maybe I'm, I'm losing my cool here because I didn't have my belt of truth on, <laughs> So now I, I'm very vulnerable to the opinions of man or to fall back into an old pattern of people pleasing or to fall into codependency or to fall into having no boundaries, right? But if I know the truth, I don't have to partner with lies or liars, right? Powerful stuff. So it started to blow my mind, but I'm only sharing examples of these like these because it was simple. It was practical. It was God meeting me where I was at and it was helping me grow in relationship with God because I was starting to see how he was developing me right where I was, how he was using environments, how he was using people, how he was using challenges to work for my good, right? If I have a belief now of things are always working out for me, then I can see how God is working. Powerful. Or even how he was teaching me how to pray, right? And pray from the heart. So it's not just head knowledge. He was teaching me how to pray, to pray for others, to pray for myself, to pray for my city, to pray for projects that I'm working on, to pray pray for clients. As I was starting to do this and see what that was releasing or how prayers were being answered, that was miraculous to me. That was real. That was, that was supernatural. That was what I thought was impossible. Or how he even made his word true for me and real for me, like that was also impossible. That was a miracle. I didn't think that I would ever understand the word because that was the belief I had about it. This is hard. It doesn't make sense, right? But if I'm trusting that God is going to use the spirit to reveal and to enlighten my eyes and bring truth to me, just like a child would, I don't know how, quote unquote, this is going to work, but I'm just going to trust you that it is. And that you're going to make that plain to me. You're going to make my way plain. You're going to do that. And I'm just going to trust you in that. Simple childlike faith. He was teaching me that. And I was stubborn and I was hard, but he was making it very practical for me, which was very loving, which is very gentle. And it was breaking all of this hardness that I had around my heart. I was learning to consciously co-create in very simple and practical ways in my life, right where God had me. And it was working (laughs) and it was radically transforming not only me, but things around me. And that was the, the most powerful, the most in awe, right? I've ever been. It was insane. And it's once you experience that, you can't go back to a limited version of you. That's the coolest thing. And you can keep growing from glory to glory and from faith to faith. Okay. So so powerful. So what is this? Your competition is how much of God you express. How can you get better at expressing God to the world, authentically expressing God? How can you receive more so that you actually have 
God to express. Think about that, right? What is that worth to you? What is the price you pay to get those outcomes? Some really great questions that I have for you here. When it comes to walking out your identity boldly and courageously as you're called to, what does that look like, right? What do you need to do to walk in victory God's way? How does God actually define victory? Or who is Christ to you? Who is God to you? And what does it look like for you to authentically express Christ in the world, right? Like you are a unique expression of God. There is no one like you. There will never ever be anyone like you. And no one can express God through you, but you, which a lot of times we got to get out of our own way. And how do you do that? So it's not just a cute saying that someone can just repost on the internet. You do it by recognizing that you have subconscious programming and you are willing to learn how to practically, simply co-create with God one day at a time and one step at a time. And how did that start in the most basic form? The first step on the ladder here, it started by committing to a relationship with God. I don't know how this works, but I'm going to commit every day to at least connecting with you and trusting that that's going to happen. I don't know if it is, but I'm going to just trust that it is because what, what other option do I have at this point? right? And then if that somehow up levels my life and blesses me ridiculously, there's no turning back, right? But if it doesn't, at least I know, right? (laughs) And God can take even your, your crazy self and your skepticism and work it for good too. Like you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to walk around embarrassed. It doesn't have to be weird. It can be so real by personal experience, right? And then that helps you to transform, right? Because your mind will actually be renewed to the truth. And then you actually will live it. You will embody it. You will be it in the world. And that's what changes lives, okay? So that is what I have for you today. (laughs) I want to encourage you to really think about what was presented here right? What areas of your life could use some enlightenment? What does that look like for you in this season to actually pursue relationship with God so that you can truly seek the kingdom first and trust him at his word, seek the kingdom first and all that other stuff that we usually hustle and grind and try to control (laughs) will be added unto you? Do you trust? Will you simply believe that that is true and make space for God in your life? Selah, right? And if this is an area that feels really uncomfortable and weird, you can absolutely hold space for both. You can hold space of like, I'm just so used to showing up this way and it feels really uncomfortable to think that I could change because my whole life will just flip on me as I know it. That can be scary, but you can hold space for both of those. And that's usually (laughs) where I meet a lot of people is when they are in a transition, when they are in a place of major uncertainty and My friend, that is where leadership is developed. Leaders are always taking big risks. Leaders are going first. Leaders are making moves. Doesn't mean that we figured it out. Doesn't mean that we have all the knowledge in the world. We are imperfect humans, (laughs) right? On a journey just like you. But I 
would be honored to work with you in your life and and help you personally experience the power of God unleashed in your world. It will absolutely blow your mind in the best ways and life will start to get really good for you. That I know for sure. So if that is of interest, which why would it not be? You can visit julianapage.com to look into private coaching that I have available over there. I work with a certain amount of people every year to make sure that I can really show up fully. So if you want to be one of those, there's still space for you. I also have the God's Vibes Mastermind. That is a group program and a lot of self-paced work too, where you can really learn to practice the self-coaching that I'm mentioning, where you can grow in your spiritual leadership, no matter where you find yourself on the journey in very simple and practical ways (laughs) and where you can grow in community and get live coaching as well. So those are two really great options that I have for you. I also have books to help guide you on your journey again, no matter where you're at. So go visit julianapage.com. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I would be so grateful for you to do that. So appreciative. It is an honor to show up and deliver truth and spirit-filled real talk to you every week. And my heart is that this will radically transform people that need to hear truth presented in this way. And you can help me do that. You can help me do that by subscribing if you love what you're hearing, by sharing this with people you know, by leaving a comment, by rating the podcast. That that guarantees that it will start getting in front of people that need to hear it most when they when they need to hear it, right? It, it will get in front of them when they need to hear it most. There we go. So I thank you in advance for that. And until next time, stay blessed. Bye.